And welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 175. It is just me here tonight, and I'll be catching up on two X-Men books. This is an X-Men catch-up episode. Indeed. And the books we're going to be talking about are Marauders and Excalibur number three. But before we get into that, let me tell you where you can find us all over the internet. So you can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back. We have a website, WeirdSciencemarvelComics.com. If you want to go there, we end up doing reviews of most of the new books and books are coming out right now. They're digital only stuff right now, stuff that was originally print and now is going to end digitally because they weren't selling so great. But you can go stuff like Hawkeye Freefall number five. End up, I did my review for Star number four and things like Ironheart 2020, you know, the, the 2020 books that nobody seems to care or buy because, you know, hindsight is 20. 20 right we will never people people aren't buying those but if you could also go to our patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science to support us for all these podcasts we do but also get a bunch of podcasts in return one of the big things is our marvel patreon spotlight me and brandon do every wednesday night each and every week and it usually features two new books but because not a lot of new books are coming out we have been mixing in some classics kind of like the main show me and brandon are doing right now we're going through world war hulk well this past wednesday where we had our spotlight we ended up doing hawkeye freefall number five and werewolf by night number 32 where you end up having moon night in that episode but yeah so as we're going and getting more and more books we'll get back to doing two books a wednesday night two new books from marvel but we also have a bunch of other shows as well i just ended up doing my ultimate spider-man podcast where i am featuring ultimate spider-man on the patreon and i ended up going through issues two and three so i'm just starting that out and we have a bunch of other things but you should go check that out at patreon.com slash weird science and if you join up before the start of the next month you won't be charged right away you'll only be charged on the first of the following month and if you don't like it by then, you can listen to a bunch of things ever to your heart's desire. And if you don't like it, you just quit before, then you'll never be charged. So it's a free trial. I like to do that so people can check out the stuff that we do. And we do a lot of stuff. Hopefully, people think it is good stuff. But we're going to get to the good stuff here. And again, it is Marauders number 3, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Michelle Bandini, inks by Michelle Bandini and Elisabetta D'Amico. 
colors by Federico Blee and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And yeah, this has been one of my favorite books since we started all this X-Men stuff, especially the catch-up. This and the X-Force books are probably my favorite of all of them. This issue takes a step back from that. You end up having a full-out Sebastian Shaw issue that really is more set up for conflict later between Emma and Kate than actually being, you know, something that wowed me. Now, you do end up having a resurrection, and if you're a Shinobi Shaw fan, you probably will like this more. If you're a Hellfire Trading Company fan, if you're a Sebastian Shaw fan, this will be more of your you know, cup of tea, not mine as much, though I do I do love the art. Uh, you start off with what I like to call the crack Cohen version of Cribs, where you end up having Sebastian, hey, here's the Red Keep, the Blackstone, the White Palace. This is all the strongholds of the Hellfire Bay. Krakoa asks much, and we ask for the return, all that nonsense. So we get, and what you're going to end up getting here with the resurrection of Shinobi Shaw, Sebastian Shaw's son, you end up having a opportunity for Jerry Dugan to do a little bit of recap, you know, having to explain Sebastian telling Shinobi what Krakoa is all about. You do get that recap in that if you have been reading all along, which I'm sure most people have at this point, you know the stuff, but at least it's natural sounding because he is explaining it to somebody who has been resurrected. Though I do like the little aside where with that shinobi doesn't know everything right away i I think that if you're writing this you may have the you know you might have a misstep where all of a sudden he knows everything and he doesn't at one point even wants to go to japan he says yeah i'm gonna have to get a flight to japan and sebastian's like flight like really i'm never gonna use a plane again we have portals we end up having gateways you don't have to do that nonsense really so that is pretty cool but the other thing about this is is the whole issue until about the last three pages is in a flashback. This is in the past. You end up where, if you remember, when Emma ended up naming Kate Pride, Kitty Pride, as the Red Queen, you ended up having Emma doing it as almost like I'm sticking it to Sebastian because who knows who he has set up to be the Red Queen king or queen she it seemed in the dialogue that she had seemed to think that sebastian was courting a lady possibly to be the red queen well we see that he's actually bringing back shinobi to be the red king and so when you go into this you do go and you end up having the five are gonna resurrect shinobi and this is something that they're not doing as a thing that they were going to do anyway. Sebastian has asked for this. Sebastian has gone to Xavier. And remember, it is a flashback deal. So Xavier is alive at this point. Sebastian, he goes, hey, uh, Xavier, yeah, I want to bring back my son, Shinobi. Okay, well, we'll do this. And they end up changing some of the fives scheduling. You know, they penciled them in for a 1230 on a Wednesday. Uh, speaking of which, one of my favorite parts is, yeah, Pyro who is in a wheelchair and he's drunk as all get up. I mean, really, if this isn't Brandon on a Tuesday morning, I don't know what is day drinking he does up there in Buffalo. But you end up where, hey, uh, what's up with Pyro? Hey, man. And uh, he he got into the Wolverine stash. You know, he's a little drunk because Sebastian wants to know, 
Are you sure that when Shinobi comes back, he's not going to remember a lot of what happened at the end of his life? Which what he's saying is, is he going to remember that he committed suicide? Is he going? No, he won't. Okay. All right. That's part of my plan because he's going to lie to Shinobi by the end of how he ended up dying. You do end up having Shinobi come out of the egg all covered in goo as you would. He gets up. He ends up seeing his father. He gets a towel to wipe off. And how did I get here? Well, you committed suicide, but he's not going to tell him that. We do see in some subtle ways about when he did this. And if you aren't aware, he ended up doing it in the Matthew Rosenberg Uncanny X-Men, the stuff that happened right before this whole Hickman revamp type deal in issue 20. He did it as he was part of the upstarts crew, things like that. But yeah, he ended up committing suicide by phasing his hand into his side of his head and out his face. It's disgusting. And it looks disgusting. Even when you see him there as a skeleton, you know, looks like he is in a coffin there, maybe a funeral possibly, but yeah. So he doesn't remember how he died and that's what his father is going to take advantage of now you ended up having jerry dugan right away do a pretty good deal of telling you in a funny sort of quippy way that you know sebastian and shinobi they don't often see eye to eye sebastian he he doesn't like shinobi but shinobi more so just wants to kill sebastian most times and he says it as like oh man shinobi you're back what's going on Eh, just figuring if I want to kill my dad now or later, you know, stuff like that. Now, when you do have this, I really, in my mind, I would, if I was Sebastian, I would not let him just go around and talk amongst the, the people and the mutants of Krakoa. You're bound to run into somebody who knows the real truth, and that will mess up your plan by the end. But they go through pretty quick. And again, he does want to know how he died. And Sebastian says, I'll talk about that later. Let me tell you about Krakoa. Goes through all the deals. And then even the idea of the Hellfire Club, they end up being able to benefit really well by the black market of the drugs from Krakoa to the nations that aren't exactly, you know, going with the whole plan or people, the distribution of the stuff like that. Pretty much he just tells them. We're going to be rich. I mean, this really is great for us. We're doing it. But it is annoying him that Emma is more in charge, that she has more power. And he ends up right away kind of skewing the deal of saying, you know, I'm the rightful guy who should be leading. And and I'm kind of the victim here because Emma and then even Kate, like they end up using their you know, psycho stuff. And they, they trick people into doing this. They use their mind whammy and things like that. And it's not really great. And, and you're here now. We're, we're going to change this. And with that, be, remember, it's a flashback. He is setting up Shinobi to be the Red King. He has him go. He's like, hey, I know that it doesn't make sense really right now, but I want you to wear this red suit. I mean, all red. It's cool looking though, right? Yeah, okay. He gets in it because this is him setting him up to be the Red King. Now we'll find out, and we already know, that that's Kate ends up being the Red Queen, so that position is a taken by the end. But they end up going off to New York. They go for you know go through that Central Park portal there, the gateway. And I do like this because you do see that the United States government, even though they say 
hey, we have this garrison here at the gateway. It's more to keep gawkers away. Pretty much. It's a pop-up, you know, border type deal. It is the whole deal where you do have to have a customs check-in. It's a pop-up customs deal. And you kind of get that where, okay, like state your business, that whole thing. Business or pleasure. Well, my business is pleasure. You know that. But Sebastian ends up declaring that he's a king. That's his declaration. And they go, well, you get a couple things real quick here that are cool. You end up also seeing that there are gawkers, but there's also people who have set up cults, cults of the mutants, cults of the gateway, whatever they would be. Sebastian seems to not like them. He ends up saying to Shinobi, hey, power me up, buddy. Power me up, son. And he ends up, he powers him up by hitting him. And, and you know, you end up having Sebastian just ba-boom, hits the ground, and these people are just scattered by this big, giant explosion type deal while this one other guy who's hiding behind a tree all right, I see the gods, yeah. And you're like, oh, my. And Sebastian ends up explaining it to Shinobi. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy things going on right now with with these cults and things like that. But, you know, it's great to have you. We're going to get this going. And Shinobi's like, hey, uh, I need to take a plane. This is what I said earlier. I need to take a plane to Tokyo. I need to take care of some matters that were kind of left going when I ended up dying. And he's like, we don't take planes. I mean, really, let's, let's go through this. We'll be in tokyo in two seconds i just saved you half a day and he does leave sebastian says i gotta go into this you know this big uh building here i'm gonna go in by myself and figure things out he goes in it's a very quick scene where he ends up going to oyasan and says forgive my absence here i am i've not forgotten my debts you know i didn't run out on anything you don't have to call boba fett here jabba I'm good with it. And you end up having them say, well, we didn't know what happened. We thought maybe you ran, maybe you died. And he's like, no, no. And he's lying to them. He says, no, I didn't die or anything. I've just been setting up Krakoa and I'm down. I- I'm going to be back. I'm going to be paying off my debts where he finds out there is some interest that's a, you know accrued since he's been gone. But he does throw out the thing with this. By the way, this also gives you a friend on Krakoa. So, you know, we'll be down. And then he just goes out and he goes back to Sebastian and in the now. We're finally in the now where you end up having Sebastian say, well, yeah, this whole red look you've got going, it's not going to work. <laughs> We're not going to be the Red King now. You know what's better than the Red King in my mind? The Black Bishop. They Don't you think? Don't you think that it's not? But, hey, we have no other choice. You end up having a Red Queen, Kate Pride. So. Yeah, you're, we're going to repurpose this. Go get that black tux on instead of that red look. Hey, you're better in black. It makes your eyes pop. And he's talking about this and going around, and they're going through the ships. Hey, here's this ship. Here's the white bishop ship. Oh, by the way, here's the black bishop ship. This will be yours. This will be cool, right? And so you end up where he keeps going. We're just going to make tons of money. We're going to make this work. This will be great. And then Shinobi finally is like, I, I want to know how I died. Like, this whole time, we've been all over the place. How did I die? Do you, know, do you know? And he's like, oh, I do. And you see him thinking where he has gone into pretty much the morgue and autopsy there where you do see Shinobi with his hand phased through and coming out the other side of his head. And he says, it hurts me to say this, but yeah, it was kind of the white and red queen. They, they kind of got together and, and ch- had you murdered. <laughs> I'm like, really? And it's it goes with Sebastian. This is what he's going to do. It sets up the idea that 
number one, you know, Shinobi will be more on his side, especially if there is sort of conflict between Kate, Emma, and him. Maybe this keeps him from being full out trying to kill him, things like that as well. And yeah, though I think that eventually he's going to run into somebody and say, man, I haven't seen you since you committed suicide. Maybe that is something you don't say. You don't ask people how much money they have in their bank account. You don't talk about their suicide after they're resurrected, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it's pretty interesting enough. But overall, I love the art. This is a setup issue to have conflict with the whole council stuff, Emma and Kate versus Sebastian Shinobi down the line. And that isn't that much of an interest to me. I'm a little more interested now that I've gone through this, obviously. And I'm starting to appreciate Sebastian a little more. But the reason I like this Marauder's book was fully Kate, was also Pyro, which you do get a little, but also Storm, Bishop, the whole team, Bobby, Iceman. That's what I like. I wanted to see more of that. So having this, it, it does stall me out a little because of that. I'd like to give it a seven. I could go as low as a six, five, but the art is so good. I love the art. I love the art, the colors, all that's involved with that. And having Shinobi back, that's big starting this guy. But I'm, I think I'm going to go 6.9. I think I'm going to go 6.9 just because it was a bit of a downer that this is one of the books that I look forward to as I'm going through all these. When I ended up getting ready to read the books for this show i'm all right yeah i got you know marauders this is my and then eh, eh, but i'm um it's winning me over a little sebastian's getting me but i'm gonna move on now to the next book which is excalibur number three a book that in the slack if you are part of the patreon you also go and get an invitation to our slack channel where we talk and one double aaron he was very upset with me that he ended up not liking Excalibur number two, he hated it so much. He stopped reading it then, and he was very interested to see where I was going to be. And when I gave number two a an eight, he was shocked. He, he and uh, God, How dare you? and I even saw he's like, "Oh man, I can't wait to listen to what Jim thinks of Excalibur number two because that's when I ended up quitting." I'm like, "Oh my, he's not gonna we like this." But we're gonna get into it right now. And Excalibur number three is written by Teeny Howard with art by Marcus Toe, colors by Eric Garcianega, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And I usually don't read the intro recap deal because usually it's not really much of a recap. I'm going to read it here just because this book is a little wacky. The new nation of Krakoa offers a promise of peace to mutant kind, but peace has been hard to come by. Apocalypse has declared his intentions to harness mutant magic, but not everyone is convinced, especially since experimentation seemed to put Rogue into a mysterious floral coma and wore an otherworld called Brian Braddock in a battle against the sorceress Morgan Le Fay. But when she possessed Brian, he used the last of his strength to bestow upon Betsy the mantle of Captain Britain. Now to get Brian back, Captain Britain, Gambit, and Jubilee have entered Otherworld where anything can happen, anything including Jubilee's son Shogo being a dragon, which we saw at the end of last issue. Now we don't start in Otherworld. We actually start in our world here where we end up seeing Richter, the mutant who is having problems controlling his powers. And it seems as if through a news report about 
mutants going nude through the portals and the whole idea of we can't have these portals near schools or churches or things like that because of these nude mutants. He ends up launching this and he, because of his powers, he ends up by the end, we do find out. He's afraid to actually go to Krakoa because he thinks he's just going to split the island in half. Uh, but eventually Apocalypse goes to get him. Now, with this issue, and I did look at some reviews, and it seemed like most people reading this Excalibur book, this was the issue that got them on board. I liked the last issue. I, I liked the first issue enough. As I looked into more things, saw what was going on and the whole deal, I like to see Jubilee and Gambit. It, it's a shame that Rogue right now is in that floral coma, but I do like even Betsy. I like Betsy there, and I don't really have much Captain Britain deal you know, history, so having Betsy being Captain Britain really is not anything that's upsetting me. And I'm kind of learning more about Betsy and Captain Britain as we go on. Anyway, so you end up with this issue, though, where everybody seems to be enjoying it. I didn't like it at all. I I thought, number one, nothing happens at all. You You pretty much go with the idea of Betsy, Jubilee, and Gambit there in Otherworld to go get Brian. All they end up doing is seeing that he is pretty much you know, out of his mind and evil and wants to destroy the pretender being Betsy's sister as Captain Britain there. Uh, and you end up having Shogo as a dragon, which that's fine, but it's not as fun as it should be. You end up having him fly around. Yeah. Jubilee. Oh my, you know, why is my son a dragon? And you get an explanation of it. And then you get, it just did this whole issue to me just is at a standstill And really the only thing going forward, except saying, well, I guess Betsy, you know, she's going to have to try a little harder to get Brian or accept that she is Captain Britain herself and just leave Brian to be out of his mind in the other world there. The other thing is just having Richter help out Apocalypse while he's trying to do magic and open gates to other world and things like that. And there's another thing at the cliffhanger as well that involves the queen wanting to meet with Betsy. But again, this doesn't feel big. I like the first two issues enough because it was giving me some characters that I did like, some characters that I was enjoying seeing more of, and it it felt different. It still feels different, but going into Otherworld, not really having much to do here, just the idea of let's pretend, you know, we're in like a D&D campaign. Let's throw out some, you know, role-playing game references and things like that. I don't need that. I, I don't need that. I don't like Morgan Le Fay at all. So you have her there. I don't even know what the hell she's going on with her by the end where she's toasting Betsy. Well, here you go from one lady to another. Girl power, Betsy, and, and all that. But it's just a fight scene in the other world. With Shogo as a dragon. And once you get used to that, it's not clever. It's not fun in my mind. Now, again, I see a lot of people disagreed with me, the people who ended up reviewing it. But maybe some might be a little bit of the fake and the funk. Who knows? But I am somebody who does try to like Teeny Howard stuff, but I have not found a lot of stuff that I like. But I like the first two issues. It just seems like... All right, you you got a couple issues in, and now you you really don't have much to do except, you know, get Richter there to join in with Apocalypse and Cornwall in the whole tower deal. But, yeah, you end up having some bickering where 
you, you have Gambit who's like, we're here to find your brother, but, you know, I have to leave my gal back there in a coma. You know, here's Jubilee. She's mad about Shogo and upset Shogo's a dragon, but at least he's right here. And they even explain, oh, he'll be okay. Who knows what's going on? Uh, they really don't, but... Yeah, you end up pretty much, this is going to be quick because you don't really do that much. You end up having finally, and even at a point, I like Marcus Toe's art, but at a point there's things that are going on that I, I got confused. At one point, Betsy is ending up, you know, summoning and going with Shogo. Then she gets hit in the back. Shogo seems to like, oh my. And then that's brushed aside for them just running. And I don't know what happened. And then you do have Brian come out, which is the big thing. The big thing of Betsy going to, you know, get her brother, try to save him. She wants to give the mantle back to him. But when they get pretender, slay the pretender. Oh, come on, Brian. Remember, remember everybody. They all love you. You know, Megan, Maggie, Jamie, Jamie, slay the pretender. All right, here we go. And, and nothing really happens then until Shogo uses dragon fire. To separate them and then they're going to go off But that's where we do go and see In the lighthouse You end up seeing Apocalypse Who's doing some new age Hocus pocus in my mind He's trying to use these crystals He's trying to make gates, temporary gates He's trying, And it's not working out well For him so he's like I gotta stop This nonsense I, I gotta go get somebody who Can control the rocks like this, meaning Rector, which he does go off. And I do like when he goes through the portal in uh, Central Park, which seems to be the biggest portal there. And this seems to be so busy, this portal. Uh, you go out and he goes in and, hey, I'm going to go find him. He goes up to his uh, apartment. Hey, Rector, uh, we're getting out of here. You're going to join up with me. No, no, I can't. I can't control my powers, Apocalypse. I mean, it's terrible. No, no, nonsense. You're coming with me. Let's go. They go through and they end up at the lighthouse. And this doesn't seem like Krakoa. Well, you know, everything is technically Krakoa when you go through these portals and have these habitats. But it's not the island. We're actually in Cornwall, England. But it is still part of Krakoa. But, and he says, okay, well, I heard now all of a sudden he's like, I, I heard there was a party. He heard of the Burning Man. That's going on. It's the 24-7 Burning Man over there at the old Krakoa Way. Uh, I wouldn't be anywhere near that. You know, he goes there, Kid Cable's probably moping around the fire still, you know, being depressed. He can't feel what everybody else feels, things like that. You, you probably ended up, I, I think that tonight on the Burning Man, they have uh, the Bloodhound Gang, they're playing. Right, the blood hung. So he's like, hey, I heard there was a fire uh, or a party. Not a fire. There's always the fire. He ends up going outside the lighthouse where he is approached by Pete Wisdom, agent of MI13 Division Black Air, who says, hey, you don't seem like you're the Captain Britons. And you end up having Richter go, no, no, no. I'm not him. Oh, no. That's a her. And the queen needs to see her at the end. And I just was, really, that's it? Why Why did that take me so long to read when it's that quick and nothing really went on? Nothing really went on. You really end up twiddling your thumbs in the middle to just, and I think that what Teeny Howard is doing here is like, well, I got to do some other world stuff since Brian's still stuck there. And that's kind of the thing that we're going to do. Apocalypse is trying. So let's go and do that. In the meantime, 
not much to do there. Just kind of fight some people. I, I didn't even fully get the idea of what side, things like that. Now, one thing I did skim over that I will point out. You end up, because it's kind of on repeat, you end up having Morgan Le Fay really, really mad at the Krakoan, what she thinks are weeds, coming out of her scrying pool. She still wants to get rid of those. She ends up uh, contacting Mariana Stern through her magic mirror. Magic mirror on the wall. Can you get me that lady from Coven Akaba? Uh, because I'm really pissed off. That's what she might say. And then you end up having Marianne. Hey, what's going on? Uh, yeah. Anybody around your parts, you know, in the regular world, are they mad about this Betsy being kept in Britain, you know? No, no, nobody knows about it. And I like where Morgan Le Fay's like, really? Like, what's going on? Well, you know, the news cycles really involve more with Krakoa. It's, I'm like, no, no, nobody cares about Britain. That, that's what I think. Is that true? Uh, and then just the idea that Morgan Le Fay is so out of touch. She, she is so out of touch there in Otherworld, not getting a lot of news there and things saying, oh, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, Marianne, did you end up, you know, getting rid of Apocalypse yet? Did you, did you stop Apocalypse yet? I don't think she quite gets what's going on there, that, that you end up having this not be very easy for, for Miss Stern to end up going and, and just kind of taking the head off of Apocalypse. But we'll see how that goes on. But even that, I, I'm not interested in that. I wasn't interested in, in any of the Coven, you know, Akaba stuff before. I know that it, you know, it's part of the whole deal with Apocalypse, but seeing this as it's opening up and progress, like, okay, so Apocalypse, he wants to get to that. I don't want to get to the, I want to stay away because I see it's boring there, but then you really, what else is Betsy going to be doing? And I'm pretty much, you know, I'm pretty much done with this. I will continue it obviously for this, but this is now. It's getting down near that way of, yeah, I really don't care. I'll, I'll keep going with it, hope that it gets better. Again, a lot of people seem to think this one was the issue that went. It is a little more straightforward because nothing goes on, nothing happens. So, yeah, I, I think, did I give a score? But I, I think that I'm at like a 5-5 five, five for this. I think the art's really good, but there's just not a lot going on. And what is going on? I don't know. Now it, it really, the other world stuff doesn't interest me much at all, but we'll see. We'll see as it continues. But that's it. That's it for the catch up for this episode. In a couple of days, I'll have the next episode, which I do believe is New Mutants number three and X Force number three. And New Mutants, I have been enjoying enough because you're out in space. It's something different. Kind of what I was liking a bit with Excalibur as well. So hopefully I'll continue liking. New Mutants has a bit of a sense of humor to it too that I like. X-Force though, I love. And I love the idea where they're going, you have Wolverine, Kid Omega. They're kicking butt, taking names, trying to figure out what's going on with Domino, getting her skin flayed off, and we'll probably find out more about that. So I'm looking forward to that. And in this round of the books going on right now, you do end up having another Marauders, Marauders 4, and Excalibur 4 coming up soon before we do get to the X-Men 4. They're starting to change a little bit of the order and release dates of as these things are coming out. So we're going to go hot and heavy on this. Like I said, the next episode will have at least New Mutants and X-Force. It seems like two issues are pretty well 
in my range of trying to figure out some things. Once I get more in tune with some of these books, maybe I'll be able to do a couple more issues. But it does take me some research. I don't want to come on and sound like too much of a dummy. I mean, I always sound like a dummy, right? But not too much. Uh, so yeah, that's it. So again, if you want to go and follow us on Twitter, it's WS Marvel Comics. We will follow you if you follow us. That is just there as a common courtesy. I want to see what everybody else is involved with as they hopefully want to see what we're involved with. We also have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where we're reviewing all of these new comics now. Right now, the digital-only stuff, but going forward into the print stuff coming out soon, we end up having most of those reviews dropping on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you want to get right in on that. We have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash signs where you can go and support us and get different shows at different levels, a ton of shows, and you know, give it a shot. Check it out. That's all I ask. If you don't like it, you bail. You don't ever have to pay. And at least you gave it a, sh- you know, you tried. You tried to see what was going on. It might not be for everybody. There you go. So that is it. Thank you. I will have another one of these X-Men catch-up shows, like I said, before we end up, me and Brandon, doing the Tuesday night regular show, where I believe this week we're going to have to figure out what we're doing because I do think that I think it's going to be star number four of the new books and then continue with the World War Hulk and maybe something else as well. But those two probably definitely. So thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this and I'll talk to you later.